Hey guys, welcome to The Cora Lee Show, where you get to laugh, learn and grow with me every single week. On this episode, I have Tyler Saunders joining me, also once known as the One-Legged Ninja. We speak about the challenges he has faced with having his disability and how he's overcome them and become the best version of himself. Being a part of the Basketball Wheelchair League and featuring in the Men's Health magazine. We also discuss what it is like being a personal trainer at the moment and just about fitness and health in general. I met Tyler Saunders at the AFS event and trust me, this guy is incredible. He has achieved so much and he's such an inspiring guy to watch. Make sure you stick around right to the end to find out Tyler's advice on how to deal with negative comments. Don't forget guys to subscribe, like, and share with friends and family. It does help and it is massively appreciated. You can catch this on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Enjoy the show. Tyler Saunders, welcome to the Coralie Show. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Um, so I am a personal trainer and an online fitness coach. Um, I've been been a personal trainer for five years and delved into the online space um, about two years ago, kind of on and off, but with lockdown happening and the gyms closing, had to kind of develop that that lane a lot more. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I work at a gym. I work with men and women, just helping them to become fitter and stronger individuals and not letting their kind of excuses or limitations get in the way of achieving what they want to achieve. That's good. How are you finding online? Um, it's still growing. Um, in lockdown, we had to do a lot of virtual sessions, which was kind of like a, a means to an end. It wasn't the ideal way of training because I'm sure you're like me. We like being with people and working with people face to face, the whole interaction. Yeah, even this is weird for me right now. <laughs> like I'm just like... There's too many things around and I'm moving my hand. I'm like, gosh, yeah, but definitely in person is better, for sure. Much better, yeah, but it also showed that we need another offering online to which if something of this nature, you know, hopefully God willing, touch with it doesn't happen again. Yeah. But we can't be kind of restricted to just face-to-face training. Like, we do have to diversify and have other offerings to reach other people and then not be restricted within four walls. So it's been a, a learning curve. I'm still kind of refining bits and bobs. I've, I've not got, you know, a, a finished product yet, but being able to help people in, like I'm working with a guy in the States, I'm working with people all over the country. And it's, a, it's good to be able to help people, you know, manage aspects of their life, you know, not just fitness through remote means. And yeah. again, you love being with people and especially from a PT sense, like the kind of poking and the prodding and the adjusting to get technique correct, stuff like that. But mm. all in all, it has been um, an experience and I want to definitely try and fine tune it. Yeah. Um, like you said. have my face-to-face base, my, you know, my in-person yeah. client base as well. Yeah. And like you said, you can reach more people online as well. So that's always yeah. an advantage, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I first actually found out about you from Ninja Warrior, actually. Um, but then obviously I met you at IFS and discovered that you actually have done so much more. Um, but, you know, let's just start with Ninja Warrior, even though you've accomplished so much. Tell us a little bit about that and the experience of going on to that and the prep for it. Uh, Ninja, that was easily one of the scariest things I've ever done. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like pretty nerve wracking and, Back in the day, my Instagram handle used to be the one-legged ninja. It was, you know, I, I did like calisthenics was a big part of my training and kind of just doing eye, eye opening and jaw dropping stuff, just kind of just to capture attention. And someone had said, oh, you should go on Ninja Warrior. And I was like, oh, yeah, like it would be cool, but I didn't really pursue it. And then somehow an email from them ended up in my inbox. I was like, oh, okay, it must be. It wasn't that, hey, Tyler, we'd like you to, it was just one of those like generic ones that they send out to everyone and somehow ended up in the inbox. I was like, okay, I'll fill it out. Did the whole testing process, got through that, got on the show, 
And it was, yeah, I traveled up to Manchester to do it. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a pretty nerve wracking experience because the whole, you don't know what you're facing. You're not sure what obstacles are coming up. And in my case, I knew even if I did get through everything, I wasn't going to be able to get up the wall at the end. Mm. The, um, the ninja wall, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to do it because I've tried it in little like um, trampolining parks and stuff. And okay. it's physically not possible. So I was going up there not, I was knowing I wasn't going to get through, but I thought, you know what? I'm just going to give it a go anyway. Yeah, just just for the challenge, yeah. For the challenge and just kind of test myself. And, you know, being backstage waiting for my name to get called, like literally my stomach was doing backflips. Like I physically felt sick. But then when my name got called, it's like, okay, well, this is it. So, you know, I've gone up, got to the top of the stairs, hopped down the stairs. I'm like, please don't buckle. Please don't drop down the stairs. But I did it anyway. Um, got to a certain point, fell in. You, you saw it, like fell in on those, yeah. those balls. I was and... gutted. I was gutted for you. But I mean, you got so far, which some people don't even get past the first part of it. That's the thing. And in my head, like I didn't get as far as I wanted to, but the, the support I got was insane. Like people at my gym, like everyone was like so proud here. But even just from what I got online and people like it was, it was really inspirational to see, you know, you and your situation going up on a big stage like that and just giving it a go. And I'll do it again. Like as soon as they start opening up auditions again, I'm going to go back on because it feels like unfinished business. Oh, that'd be interesting. I've been watching that. <laughs> yeah, I do want to go back on again. And it was almost like doing that put me on such a, or it kind of exp- not exposed me, but I was so out of my comfort zone there that things that now kind of seem a challenge in my head, I'm like, well, that's like a benchmark. I'm like, well, that was me in like a, in an auditorium full of people in front of cameras. And like, I managed to give it my best shot there. So I'm like, you know, this new challenge now, it's not as easy, but you know, you kind of have something to compare it to. And it was a really good experience. And like I said, I would do it again in mm. a heart. Definitely, definitely do it again. Well, well, you've said it here now, so you're going to have to go back on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, put it out there into the Exactly, universe. exactly. So you was called the the one-legged ninja. And for people that maybe don't know about yourself and have never heard of you before, just explain a little bit about, you know, the disability you have. I don't really want to call it a disability. I'd say it's more of a super ability in your case because you don't let it stop you at all. Literally mm. superhuman. But um, yeah, people that haven't heard of you, was you born with the one leg or was it something that come later in life? Yeah, so I was I was born with my right leg missing from the hip. Okay. And there was kind of no real reason why. Like it wasn't hereditary. There's no, you know, it wasn't a, a sickness or an illness as it were. But yeah, just was born premature, one leg. Um, so kind of had odds stacked against me from, from the start. And I've always had issues with my mobility with you know walking I used to wear a prosthetic leg when I was younger and that was because I didn't really know what else like I didn't want to stand out as a kid um kind of wore it more to fit in and just be normal as it were um but in doing so like it was just a really painful bit of apparatus and whenever I'd get home I would just like chuck it off and just hop around because that was me in my kind of natural state yeah, people never speak about that side of it, that the, the fact that it's painful to wear a prosthetic leg as well. Yeah, 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 I mean, depending on where you're, like most people who have the limb and then lose it from an amputation, so it might be above the knee or below the knee. And even for them, there's degrees of discomfort where the kind of socket slots in. But for right. me, because it was from my hip, I actually had to sit inside a, like a kind of seat, bucket seat, and it would go around my waist and I'd just strap around my shoulder. And yeah, that doesn't hoping sound yeah, she's just like, yeah. <laughs> that does not sound comfortable, yeah. But I suppose, like you said, as a child, you're just trying to fit in with everyone else, aren't you? Yeah, yeah it's just like a sense of belonging and not wanting to stand out. And as a kid, I didn't know any other children with a disability or, or people with a disability even. So it was like just me and I didn't really want to be, I didn't want to stand out as it were. So a lot of the time it was just to fit in. But I had a you know relatively normal upbringing, normal childhood. You know, played a degree of sports, like not well, but you know I did always enjoy playing sports. And as I got older, just became more comfortable in myself. Mm-hmm. Just wore the leg less and less, and then it got to a point where she literally just sits in the attic collecting dust now. <laughs> like I don't, I don't need it for any 
particular purpose. When I started to train as a PT, when I qualified, I thought I might need it to, you know, make me again appear normal. It's like the whole vanity thing and just like, like the whole um, being, you need to be shredded to be a PT. That's the same yeah, thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's bullshit. And um, I initially thought I'd have to get it back on, but I had less balance. I had more, you know, challenges with my balance and stability with it on. So in joining the gym and, you know, being there the first, you know, few months, it almost became like a USP for me. Like, you know, this guy has clearly physical limitations, but he doesn't let them stop him from, you know, looking after himself, living an active, active life, training, all these kind of things. And this kind of like, you know, the, the one-legged guy that can do this, that and the other. And yeah. I've not looked back. Like, I, I don't, there's times I wanted to wear the leg just to like, throw people off so I just walk in the gym with this leg on and everyone's like but I can't is that him <laughs> something's different about him but I can't have it on for longer than five minutes so that that whole joke thing hasn't happened yet but yeah it's yeah just in time I've learned to embrace it and kind of welcomed it as it were and a lot of opportunities have opened up not because of the disability but just my situation and my kind of perception to life and how I yeah. kind of tackle things yeah it's inspiring to see because like I said you, you know you still train and you train hard from what I see you train hard and you put people to shame with two legs <laughs> you know what I mean like people say that and I don't really know how to I'm not trying to do that to you know put people to shame but it's just like I like to work hard and you know people look at me and see the effort I put in and you know the rewards I hopefully reap from that then if they take inspiration from that motivation I'm glad because yeah. you know I want to try and affect people positively but yeah people say oh you know you do more on one than people can do on the two and I'm very deflective of compliments because that's just again the old me where I don't want to be noticed and I don't want to kind of stand out but I'm learning to embrace it and just welcome it and you yeah. know take the compliments and yeah do my best with them <laughs> like I said it's, it's a super ability in a way you've used it you know in a way to to thrive from it you know rather than some people I imagine they would still be in that sort of childhood phase where they think badly of themselves or what are people going to think of them and yeah. like you said you've just done that gradually and you know the day when you started going out without the prosthetic leg was there any kind of thoughts like is people looking at me or anything like that yeah really was because this was like in the middle of my kind of uni life as well right where I made that transition and you know you're kind of worried yeah you're kind of worrying about how people will view you and how people will react towards you and you always worry what people think like as much as everyone's like oh you know don't care just do you 100% like there'll always be a degree of concern of what yeah. others but I guess as you get older you start caring less but that transition yeah was quite not tough, but it was just different. Mm. But equally, because I was more comfortable in that state, it wasn't so bad. Whereas, you know, having to walk with the leg on and, you know, worrying then, am I going to like buckle mid-step or am I going to trip over something? Like that was also yeah. an anxiety as well. So the fact that people might look at me differently, but I was actually comfortable in body, it kind of leveled it out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So eventually I just block everything out I don't even notice people mm. they do look at me odd if anything kids as kids are they just kind of speak their mind and you hear kids like oh mommy where's his leg and like the mum either does one or two things they're like go and ask him which is great I welcome that yeah or they're like shut up like you know pull the kid along and like just drag him away and I'm like that's you know that doesn't yeah. really help but no kids it doesn't say kids say what they see I don't mind that but sometimes adults might do the odd stare or like turn their heads I don't notice that but people that are with me notice that more mm. like especially my partner like just pisses her off like she wants to I can imagine <laughs> <laughs> holding her back <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, on. Um, but yeah it's, it's you know something I've got more and more used to as mm. the years have gone and I kind of wouldn't I don't think I'd be where I am now if I wasn't in this yeah. situation and so I'm, I'm grateful, I'm thankful. I try and appreciate what's happened and what I've achieved mm. thus far. That's good. 
the the one legged ninja transition to just having your name as Tyler Saunders, has that got anything to do with what you've said of having that sort of stigma of just being the one legged ninja? Is it more because it was just a, a matter of changing the name? It, it came to a point where I kind of started to question what I was doing, like kind of like with my reach. And initially it was just to gain traction and like just build the following and like doing workouts in the middle of like Leicester Square and all the, and doing like calisthenics, like flags off of traffic yeah. lights, stuff like that. But after a while I was like, okay, well, where can I really go with that? Because I don't want to be known as, you know, the one-legged guy that does cool stuff. There's more to you. Yeah, there's more to me. And I wanted to essentially use my platform to, you know, educate people, help people. Um, yeah, just teach them stuff. And it was the, the name, the change of the handle. I think it was December 2018, I think. And I just made the transition. Online. Yeah, way back, just oh, way back when, back in the day. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> just, um, it just became Tyler Saunders. And yeah, it's just been that ever mm. since. Yeah. Yeah. So you um, obviously you did the Ninja Warrior. That would have been around the time. What year was that now when you that- did the Ninja Warrior? That was, I did the filming in 2018. Okay. It aired in 2019. Right. April, May times. So you would have changed to Tyler Saunders on your socials when you went on to Ninja Warrior as well. Okay. So you also did um, wheelchair basketball as well? Yeah, still do. Yeah, still do. You still do it? Still do it, yeah. More recreationally, um, whereas... Back since 2008, I was in the I was in the GB men's development team, wow. break it into the squad for London and Rio, and that's essentially what put me on the fitness path. Um, right. For basketball, you know, I trained a couple of times a week and thought to myself I was you know fit and I was doing my part in terms of activity, but wasn't really looking after my nutrition. Still, wasn't in the gym then either. And this was off the back of like uni graduations. So I still had some pretty poor lifestyle habits from uni which transitioned into you know my late 20s like being honest yeah and then you know when I got into the whole GB setup it was a lot more serious had to kind of train a bit harder and be a bit more aware of nutrition and and training Um, I went to Germany in 2012 yeah 2012 just no hold on get my dates yeah 2012 yeah so I just rolled into one hasn't it yeah exactly I was like what year is it but um yeah I did semi-professional basketball in Germany there and that's what really kind of solidified my appreciation for living a more active and fit life Mm. Um, just out there I was you know training four times a week had a high standard game each weekend and just with the increase in activity you know I saw my body change my fitness improve my mindset changed I was like yeah I can't go back to my office administration <laughs> job after this and that's what then made me do my course and kind of the rest of the history but yeah wheelchair basketball is always something that I hold you know close to my heart and we've only just started training back mm. last week and our last training session was like February last year right so from you know an, an inclusion standpoint like it's been good to see all my kind of buddies again which has been tough for them because you know for people with disabilities there's there's nothing to do and that's it's a very gelling component for a lot of us so we're just happy to have it back and hopefully I can start shooting properly again and stop in the basket every shot yeah (laughs) long time since I'm shot (laughs) I can imagine as well like you said you know in any sport is that team effort and you know being around all your buddies but then when you're all sort of like wheelchair like if it's all the disability then there's that extra bond as well I can imagine yeah yeah I mean the club the uh, my club's called London Titans and we have you know ages spanning from like four up to like 64 and like different teams and for some of us in the team like that's our only real exposure to you know other people with disabilities and there's you know strong friendships of course it's like a big family so yeah. For me, you know, with sport being taken away in lockdown, I had, you know, my family, got friends I could reach out to, still was training at my house and out in the parks and going in my wheelchair and pushing. But for some, like the only 
like the only exposure to fitness was basketball. The only exposure to their peer groups was, you know, basketball. And when we didn't have that interaction, a lot of people struggled. But thankfully now we're, you know, slowly returning to play. Yeah. And people are, you know, finding it good to be back in, in the team again. Mm. What position are you playing? Uh, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. Or okay. Like, um, just in wheelchair basketball, you get different classifications based on your disability. Right. And kind of like slap bang in the middle. Whereas if I was on either end of the spectrum, I'd be at the other end of the scale. I'd be, I'd have a specific, more specific role, but I'm kind of in the middle. So I've got to either be a, a ball handler or a guard or the shooting guard. So I've got to be good at a few That's things. harder because you've got to literally be good at everything. Yeah. I can't just like master one thing and just be like good at this one thing and be relied on for this one thing. I've got to, depending on the lineup as well that the coach puts out, I've got to fit into a different role. But it makes it interesting and you just got to be on the ball all the time. So, hey, did you mean to do that? The, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah. You better get practicing then if you've got to be on form for everything. At one point in lockdown, I sat in the chair and I didn't fit properly. I was like, shit. I oh, dear. You've I been building the glutes. <laughs> yeah. The glutes and the quad just got big. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> the league's starting up again soon. So we got that to look forward to. That's good. Awesome. You've achieved so many things, literally. I have to like go through this list here of so many things that you've been through. You have to remind me because sometimes when people are like, what have you achieved? Like, if I fill out a form, I'm literally here just like scratching my head like... Yeah, oh yeah, I did that, yeah. <laughs> but there's things that I probably don't class as a, an achievement or I might have like missed or just forgotten about. And you'll give me a good reminder. So yeah, it'd be good to hear what you managed to... <laughs> Some of these thing. might not even be true. I might be like, you did this year? You'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that. You got someone else. <laughs> but where do you find like, I mean, I know motivation is very temporary mindset anyway, but where do you kind of find that inspiration to sort of push yourself to do all these challenges? Um, I think it's just in the search for, I don't know, cheesy as it sounds, like just kind of bettering myself and just seeing what I'm capable of. Yeah. And in like in the last couple of years, I've entered like a couple of functional fitness competitions that from the outset, again, self-doubt. Like, you know, I, I can't do that. That looks real hard. Like all the people there are the fittest of the fit and they're, the, you know, the fittest in the country and everyone's got like sick rigs and they can do all this kind of stuff. And then I think one day I was just like, no, I'm just going to enter it and just see what happens. And it was a team one. So it wasn't like me by myself. Mm. And, you know, that was one of the hardest things I've done. And then now I've done that, I'm like, okay, I can do these now. What's the next thing? I did a Spartan race a couple of years ago. That was, wow. that was ridiculously hard. Oh, that was work. mental. It was just because I didn't know it was half a, a half a marathon. I didn't know it was a half marathon <laughs> in mud and with obstacles. And then I started to get cramps in my calf. I had the wrong, wrong shoe on. My crutches, one of the rubber bits on the end, it disappeared in the mud. So I was just every step I was taking, the crutches it literally turned into a Spartan race then. Literally, yeah. So that was tough at the time, but then got through that. And it's literally now I'm like, what can I do to, you know, challenge myself, see what I'm made of? And a lot of it is kind of building mental resilience as well. Yeah. Because yeah. lockdown definitely tested everyone's mental resilience. And yeah. now coming out the other end, it's like, right, let's just, you know, set goals for the year let's set challenges for the year let's have things to work towards mm. want to do a skydive this year something that's literally... nice i might join you on that one i want to do one as well yeah all right nice <laughs> let's do it i know i've said it as well now there we go, there we go. <laughs> that's something I've wanted to do, and i've said in in this quarter so but by the end of june i want to have done that so i'll be messaging you we'll do that we'll do it let's do it, it? i might let you go first though yeah actually that's <laughs> worse that's worse isn't it if you watch See, someone you'd be like, ah, ah. yeah i'll be like drop me back <laughs> <laughs> no i would like to do that as well we'll sort something out um but yeah like you know we've 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 challenges and and i think obviously we're doing a sport yourself that's where the competitiveness probably comes in as well you know, when you do a sport, you're naturally competitive. But I think when you are sort of in that competitive I'm not, mindset. I'm actually not naturally competitive. No? No, it's not something I was... With yourself, though? Yes, yeah, now. And that's something I've learned to kind of tap into and appreciate since 
being in fitness. Right. Whereas before, like a lot of my life, I was kind of just plodding along and just coasting. And that's also one thing I'll try and you know say to people is I wasn't born a fit, active individual. I, I haven't been training from when I was younger. I, I didn't grow up in team sports. Mm. So everything I've achieved, I'm actually quite late in the whole game, but it's never too late to no. make that change. And it's never too late to make an, make an improvement to your, you know, overall health, your dietary habits, your lifestyle habits. And, you know, I've made those changes and I'm in a better place for them now. Yeah. But yeah, it's the whole kind of competitive edge. I've, I've had to <laughs> nurture that since playing basketball and right. since being in the fitness industry. Yeah, you've had to push yourself that little bit more and say, like, to do yeah. it, like you said, with the fitness events, you've had to just kind of give yourself a pep talk to do it. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's something I'm, you know, learning to do more of now, and especially in lockdown with, as you know, the, the way things were. And didn't, I'm injuring my ankle as well last year. I don't know if you saw that or was around. I, mi- I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an achievement, sorry. How I did it was, how how I did that was, you know, I was on the trampoline trying to master something that had always frightened me and I was giving it a go. Landed wrong and like, yeah, done my ankle in different places. But that then forced me to push myself to get in my wheelchair and go for, you know, 5K pushes, regular, multiple yeah. times. Because in my head, that's like the, one of the hardest things to do is going for a long distance run. Yeah. But again, just the resilience, the kind of talking to myself, like, if you don't do this, you know, things are going to go in a worse direction. Just get in your chair, push. Some days it rained. Some days it was, you know, cold. It was dark. Couldn't be bothered. Didn't want to do it. Just literally couldn't be asked. Mm-hmm. And I had to force myself to get in the chair. My activity rings on my Apple Watch was still not closed. I'm like, T, get in the chair, do it. Once you're out there and you're doing it, it's, it's all right. It's usually, oh, sorry. Serious. <laughs> Jumping in. I'm singing. I don't need her, but... Yeah, it was yeah. just literally the most pep talks and the most kind of the internal dialogue, just like, come on, just do it, just get it done. Yeah. And then when you do it afterwards, afterwards, like you feel good for doing it. It's just the actual getting up and doing it. And in that period, I definitely have in, improved my mental resilience and toughness. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of it has to come from within. Like you can't, no one else can do it for you. I think that plays with everything as well, not just fitness, like everything in life, you know, even like you said, going for a walk or going for a run, mm. it's, it's that mental sort of giving yourself that little pep talk and say, just do it and then think how good you're going to feel after. Yeah. I mean, the mind will come up with a ton of reasons why you shouldn't do it and all the excuses because that's just how we're wired. And me, myself, like I've, people have kind of given me the mantra of like no excuses I'd make all the excuses if I gave myself. We all do. Yeah. Like there have been days I've bailed out things and, you know, give myself reasons to not do stuff, but it's literally just the action. Just take, just do it, just do it. Yeah. And then when you've got it done, then you're like, oh, okay, it wasn't that bad. Or Yeah. And even if it is bad, you've done it and you can say you've done it and then try again. Like you said, obviously you've, you've done your ankle now. (laughs) Is it now? Is it still bad? Um, it's it's getting better now. I'm at like ninety percent recovery. Still okay. a bit parts, but yeah, I'm um back able to train again, and I can hop, which was like a a bare stand, like a minimum standard I wanted to. Yeah, because that's my way of getting around. And if I couldn't hop, then I'm like shit. I'm mm. I'm in trouble. So I mean, yeah, I'm back to ninety percent, which is good. I'm I'm giving God thanks for that because life is back to some level of normality definitely yeah do you find you get many injuries you know with having to hop around rather than you know like with training Mm. in general no funnily enough again just because I've been this way from birth like my body is just kind of adapted to the way I move around like if somebody is new like a new a new a new amputee for example they're used to obviously walking with proper gait and yeah. all the rest. as soon as they have to hop, like there's a lot of like shock being transferred through the joints. Whereas for me, because I was hopping from day one of, you know, my muscles, my joints, everything's kind of built to yeah. stand it. You've conditioned it more. Actually, yeah. The only injury that I tend to have ongoing is like my lower right back, just because I haven't got much muscular development there from the limb not being there. 
Okay. My pel- there's like half a pelvis, so there's probably some incomplete musculature around there. And my lower back. Did hmm? they give you any physio for that? Or no, just just because again it was from birth. There wasn't okay. really anything to kind of um improve, as it were. But in training, obviously in doing like deadlifts and you know, zercher squats and all the rest of it, like that lower back has had some take a bit of a bit of work, a bit of stress. So yeah, yeah, I've always got little niggles in the back. But again, it's one of those things I'm like, well, I'm not just gonna sit and not work through yeah. it or look around it. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I've just, it's a little niggling thing all the time, but I'll just either push for it or just do a lot of stretching, a lot of recovery work, because that's also very important. And our mm. clients don't always listen to us when we say stretch and recover. <laughs> I hope they're all listening <laughs> now. <laughs> stretch. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's one of the things, isn't it? I think if you was, if you wasn't doing anything and you wasn't training, you'd probably be worse because you'd be tighter um, in your joints. So the fact that you've got a little niggle in your back now and again is probably minor compared to if you was training. If you wasn't uh, training, sorry. This is part of, part, part of the package. And through the years of wheelchair basketball, I've got like kind of tight shoulders. So I've, again, the stretching, the mobility stuff is key in my my longevity in the sport and or any swim in fitness and in my sport and just being active in general yeah because i don't want to get to you know whatever like 50 or whatever and like i'm suddenly having to rely on walking aids and mobility aids because i'm so stiff and tight and mm. that's one of my big reasons for training is just to have a better quality of life now and when i'm older because yeah. things are going to start getting weak on you know muscular atrophy you're going to start shrinking joints are going to get a little bit more weaker but in doing the training now I'm setting myself up to be more independent still when I'm older. Mm. And plus mm. I've got the two girls, so, you know, I need to be on form. <laughs> They're yeah. jumping on my back when I'm not expecting it. And, you know, if you're not ready to, for that impact, you're, <laughs> you're putting your back out and putting your hip out. So that's what, that's, you know, my big reason for training is just to be ready for, for life and just ready. Yeah. It's not best best goal to have. It's not all about the aesthetics at all. Like, and you know, how old are you now? I am thirty eight. Thirty eight. So you're still young. Still, still young. young. I had to think then. I was like, <laughs> still yeah, young, yeah. but slight, slightly getting a uh, memory loss because you forget yeah, your age. Yeah, <laughs> Congratulations Even on uh, men's health. Thank you very much. How was that? Did you did you know anything about that coming up to it or? Um, yeah, so that was, had the interview in lockdown. Um, they, uh, the journalist reached out to me because she'd heard of me in a prior kind of poll they'd done where they were looking for like inspiring class trait, um, class instructors. Yeah. And the, the class I used to do at the gym were always busy and somebody put me forward for that. But I didn't make it into the editorial for that or they like kind of scrapped the idea. But she heard my name again for this particular piece and we had a good chat in lockdown and yeah, had the photo shoot and stuff and then it came out. But again, just seeing it in print and then being, you know, mentioned along the other guys who, you know, were all awesome in their own right. It was, yeah, it was just like, it was surreal. And then again, the support that comes in, mm. can't keep up. I'm just like trying to respond to everyone's message and say thank you. Yeah. But again, it was nice to be recognised, but you know, you don't do things for recognition. It's just when somebody does pick up on, you know, the things you are doing, yeah. it, it's nice. And again, just being thankful and appreciative for being recognised and being mentioned in arguably the biggest men's... Oh, yeah, definitely. World. It's huge. It's yeah. huge. Give yourself a pat on the back. I think, uh, I mean, do you struggle from a little bit of imposter syndrome? Yeah, I do. I'll be honest. <laughs> it sounds that way, like you know, it's a massive magazine, and you're just so humbled, which is a good thing, you mm. know. Um, but like you said before, I think it's it's pushing yourself to do stuff, and then almost like congratulating yourself and giving yourself a pat on the back for doing it as well. Yeah, and it wasn't the kind of the top ten PTs with like the best body or the the richest people. It wasn't. It was more each one of us had a different kind of message and how we were either you know promoting inclusivity or 
positivity or something with a good message and yeah like to be mentioned and to be featured was yeah massive mm. award and yeah I loved it it was amazing that is good it's good NF- NFG National Fitness Games mm, NFG yes do you want to explain that I don't know much about that one which what, what's that one then so that is the the functional fitness event that I entered right is that the, a, the group training the, the group. group yeah okay. now they do individual competitions they do pairs they, they've branched out into kind of numerous groups now just so that people don't feel it's just elite like they they're, they're open to you know just the general public they got different categories for different levels of fitness but everything in there is just you know just pure hard work and it covers all of the aspects of fitness there's like a strength component uh endurance component a force component but there's no like technical crossfit lifts or anything like that okay. people can't do so entering that again was pitted up against you know some of the fittest people in the country had a great time just because i had a group to do it with and um it was me and like some fellow maxim ambassadors so we, you know like we all knew each other i had a good that one with paul lima did paul lima join you on that one or is that a different no, he was he was part of the, the staff. Of the so okay, yeah, he's, like, he's a hype man. He's the mic man. He was, you know, there. He's hilarious. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was that was the first one, which then kind of opened me to the world of functional fitness events, and it's the kind of training I do most times anyway. And I've now entered for the one in May on the twenty third, okay. um, the night games in Wembley, and this is just literally. A benchmark for me to see where I'm at uh, post injury. I'm not mm. doing it to try and like place or you know come top, whatever. It's just can I do it? Can I get through it? There's probably going to be a lot of self talk and, and pep talks in my head, <laughs> yeah, and just because of the ankle. But I just want to see what I'm capable of doing, and it's literally like five minutes from my house. So it'd be stupid if I don't. We've <laughs> got no excuses. That's all of it. Exactly. And um, so yeah, that is. Something I'm actually going to be involved in from a programming standpoint as well, because we want to actually do a uh, an inclusive and adaptive variation of it as well to get athletes with disabilities involved too. Okay. So I'm, I'm you know, studying, I'm developing, I'm going to then be on board with the kind of organization to do um, uh, an adaptive athlete. That's good. So. There's, there's some scope in that to, you know, reach more people and be more inclusive. So something I'm looking forward to this year. That's good. Really good. What's the workout for that then? Have you set or was, is it the same as kind of thing as what you did in NFG? No, no. One? It's one of these, again, one of these like surprise, like 24 hours before they release it. And right. the whole kind of mantra is, you know, functional fitness is you, sh- you shouldn't be able to do anything and be prepared for anything. And okay. you're kind of, general preparation for life it's all kind of movements that we do you know push pull squat hinge all those kind of things so in being a function athlete you should be able to run this distance or lift this or push that or pull this so we don't know what the workout is until 24 hours before okay i'm just waiting to see what it is and there'll be some challenging stuff you know i've got probably got to carry some heavy things from point a to point b yeah all those kind of things um three rep maxes of you know deadlift squat shoulder press like that's what they've done before just drawing on old old events yeah um so yeah it should be should be challenging should be interesting we'll see how it goes that'd be good it'd be good to watch the um the ninja warrior that we said about the wall wasn't something yet was it with the wall that you said you you wasn't able to do do you find there's any other exercises that that you really struggle with Especially like if you find out 24 hours before the workout, is there anything in particular that you're going to be like, ah, that's going to be a struggle? Um, I'm trying to think. You do everything. There's always like, yeah, pretty much the whole day is going to be like, ah, that's going to be tough. Ah, Okay. Um, But there is, like for myself, there is ways of like kind of adapting things and scaling things and, Usually I don't want to do anything different. I want to do what everyone else does. But there might be a point where I'm like, now I'm going to have to drop the weight of that. Or mm-hmm. I have to use my stick for a bit of added stability on something else. Yeah. 
but I mean, in the gym, I'm trying to think of things that I just generally don't do, but there isn't much. Like, do everything. I'll do everything. I'll do it a crack at least. I'll give it a go. But yeah, because imagine, like you said, if they if they do like farmers carries or something like that from one point to the other, that would be quite a struggle as hopping, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I probably just have to reduce the weight on that and just drag it along. I mean, one of the previous ones we've had to like drag kind of objects along fields and sandbags like weighing 50 kg which is like nearly half my weight and it was like it took me ages to do but you just get it done doesn't matter how long it takes I'm not looking around at others thinking oh I'm I'm last I'm just like just get to the line no matter how long it takes and there's Mm. footage of me literally struggling like (laughs) literally struggling but get it done and like it's you know happy days kind of thing so I'm Mm. just because I've been at that stage and I've pushed myself that much, I know what that feels like, and I made it through. So now, whatever else comes, I'm like, all right, let's let's give it a go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, is there anything that you want to discuss that I haven't asked you about yet? Not really. No. no. <laughs> Sometimes when on pods, people are like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> life <laughs> I don't know um can I, can I ask you questions or is it stuff that, <laughs> I mean um, I mean obviously like obviously you've spoke about um living with you know your disability and the training you've done things like that is there anything sort of you've we've not spoke about maybe we spoke about you want to speak about more um no not really I mean when it comes to doing these pods like I used to be again scared of doing them like I'll be nervous but a lot of the time it's just talking about my story and I don't yeah it's just a general chat yeah it's just general chat again like you were the first friendly face I met at IFS so I you know me and you we get on already yeah 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 you asked me to come on I'm like of course yeah of course I do that because even going to IFS by myself I was like oh here we are in a new environment don't know anyone apart from like a select few I was the same. You just got to push yourself to sort of do them things, haven't you? Push yourself out your comfort zone. And uh, I think I think you said when when I met you at IFS, she was like, "I'm not even a coach here. Why? Why is... <laughs> I'm not yeah, a coach." You, you <laughs> yeah. know, you like really how? Like I don't <laughs> think that people follow me. It's weird, but I've never actually met somebody who recognised me until I met. And now, since you, okay. know, it happens every now and then. So you know, it kind of just shows how small the world is, but. Yeah, it's just kind of getting out of your comfort zone and pushing yourselves. And this is the kind of things we'll tell our clients like during training. It's, mm. you know, stop being comfortable. Like comfort isn't where the results are made or, you know, the the glory isn't in just kind of staying in your little bubble where everything's nice and you know what to expect. Like in your workouts, you've got to step out. You've got to yeah. push yourself harder. When it comes to... I don't know, like lifestyle changes. You've you've got to do things that aren't comfortable. And I was just training with someone now, and we were on the ski urge. I don't know if you ever used this. this yeah. Ski urge. Like it's horrible. Like it's hate it. <laughs> Everyone hates it. But I was saying like being fit is hard. It's an old fitness cliche, but being fit is hard. Being unfit is hard. You know, you got to choose. Choose your path. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Choose which hard you want. You you know struggle in the workout, and in turn, you know, build a stronger mind build a better body, you know, better health, all those things, or you can be unhealthy and then suffer with the poor health, the negative health effects, you know, feeling shit, being unhappy with your body, like pick which one. But when we're here working now, we're, we're going to put some work in. It's not a case of let's stop when it burns. Like, nah, let's push through a bit more. Yeah, don't stop when it burns, guys. Like, come on. <laughs> Like, don't quit when the burn hits. That's something I used to say yeah. in my class. And, you know, again, all the all the fitness mantras and, and all of those things. But it's it's true. Like, you can't stop when things get tough. You have to... With everything. Push. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of people that, I've, that I speak to, you probably find the same thing as well. When people are into fitness and they are sort of making it as a lifestyle and, you know, they push past the burn and all that kind of stuff, it carries on through life with everything. And like yeah. you said, it, that's probably helped you come out of your comfort zone as well from doing fitness yeah yeah yeah. the Mm. the kind of struggles that we go through in the gym and in the workouts and 
kind of pushing through those last couple of reps. It transfers into day-to-day life and like the things you're faced with in your life. And you don't just stop, you know, at rep eight when the, the tingle starts to creep in. Like you're going to push for 10, for 12, maybe even 15. And in that's where like you find out kind of who you are and what you're made of in mm. those in that stage where you're like you can't wait to finish the set or you want to just quit there and then but you push that one extra and then yeah it transfers into daily life where there are tons of other battles you've got to get through yeah but you build that resilience in the gym and I think people only think we go to the gym to make ourselves look better which is part of it but it's definitely not the kind of be all and end all I think people realize that massively with the gym being taken away from us yeah I think uh, you probably noticed the same thing maybe in your gym as well but a lot of people that are training at the moment when you speak to them they're there for the mental health more now after lockdown yeah more than fitness such a buzz not a buzzword but it's just people aren't afraid to say it now which is brilliant yeah of course yeah um and people are saying that kind of first and foremost now rather than you know I'm in here to lose weight and I'm in here to do this and that. It's literally like I'm here for my own sanity and like my mental yeah. health. I miss this place so much. Whereas before lockdown, people come out, oh, I've got to train again. I've got to do a workout now. But now people are like actually yeah. happy to come in, which which is great. I mean, it's a shame we had to go through the last year in order to kind of realise what the gym means to so many of us. But you know it is what it is we're still here we're still still fighting so that's it that's let's look it. to improve our health by you know going to the gym embracing the whole healthy lifestyle because I think that's one thing that we didn't really cap it's not we as in like trainers in the gym but I think like the government and stuff didn't capitalize on like improving our health in order to fight what hit us in the last year yeah, don't don't get me started on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I see your stance, all right? Listen, <laughs> don't you get me started on that one? It's just a, I'm just gonna say one thing about that. McDonald's was open all the way through for drive-through. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the gym wasn't, which just shows how much the government prioritised the health. How is McDonald's drive-through essential? And the whole eat out to, I mean, yes, saving the restaurant business is cool, but you're getting half-priced food for like have a long take take out so and whenever they mentioned things opening it's always pubs and restaurants i'm like fuck yeah. the pub okay but- how can they put <laughs> the same category as gyms are opening but also pubs and, and restaurants are opening at the same time like they're just not on the same level but yeah <laughs> that's another <laughs> that's another podcast <laughs> What we'll do then is, that's why I asked if there's anything else you wanted to discuss that we haven't already, but I think, you know, we've pretty much touched on everything. There is one thing, actually, Olympic torch, the Olympic torch. Yes. See, um, I'm telling you about... <laughs> what have you achieved? Like, oh, yeah, that. that. Um, <laughs> Tell us a bit so about that. That was, um, I was part of, like, Lloyd's TSB had a programme for um, developing athletes and they were also one of the partners of the torch relay. So in the build up to 2012, like I'd already been told I hadn't made the squad, which was, you know, devastating. But having the opportunity to do the torch relay was kind of a it didn't make up for it like by any means, but it was still a monumental event to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I did I did my little stretch through Ealing, which is in West London, which is my hometown. So it was good to, like, had my family turn up and friends and it was like just, everyone was just so happy and proud. It was, like, I'd never seen my mum and dad smile so much in my life. So it was a really Aww. touching moment. And then we got to keep the torch as well, but I had to pay like 200 quid for it, which was mad. Because initially they gave the torches out in the first leg of the event and then right. people were selling them on eBay for like five grand. <laughs> so anyone after they're like, well, if you want to do that, go for it. But you got to pay us two fifty. So I right. still watch, and I, you know, I found it the other day. Showed the girls; they didn't have a clue what it was. They were just, <laughs> yeah, really astounded that it was gold. And so it's like, oh yeah. Oh, but, so you don't carry it around the gym with you then, like? <laughs> <you don't know. laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. Smack you over the head if you don't. Yeah. Know <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the floor in the burpee. Yeah, don't come up or I'll hit you on the head with it. 
<laughs> but yeah, that was again a highlight of you know that time, and yeah, something I look fondly. At when did you, when did you do that? What that year was, was that? So the Olympics were really testing your memory today, Anna. Yeah, no, it's 2012. It was probably like the first week of August, July, August around then. So um, okay. So you've had a, a, a good, say, what, 10, 10 years of achievements, really, isn't it? Like, there's been a lot happening over the last few years. In a sense, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm, that's good. What's next? <laughs> what is next? Good question. <laughs> um, well, you do, you're doing the fitness event. You're doing the fitness yeah, event. I'm doing a fitness event. I'm off to the Peak District, actually, the, the Friday. But so the, the NFG event's on the Sunday, on 23rd. I'm doing like a kind of hike with um i'm on a like a business development course like mindset course so a bunch of the lads are all meeting up to do this on the friday so i'm doing that i've signed up for um, a battle cancer event okay. like another fiction fictional functional fitness event <laughs> definitely not a fictional event um, no you've had a long day it's okay yeah, yeah, you need one of these grenade <laughs> energy drinks <laughs> what was that? I was... grenade energy i've not had one that. nice the nice Sorry, carry on. Probably, probably. It is like me. <laughs> um, yeah, so doing that in I think September, October times. Um, booking the skydive. So yeah, there's of it's course. just at the minute events just to work towards. Actually, somebody reached out to me recently and said they'd like to do a photo shoot. So I'm going to do that in end of or middle of May. So once this NFG event's done, then I've got to get on the whole kind of like the prep life thing which is not something I've really been that interested in before mm. kind of go people have said oh you should you know have you ever thought about doing a you know stage going on stage like nah like, I love food too much <laughs> like like takeaways too much um I don't think I'd be that disciplined like I don't really care that much Do you know what though I think you would I think you'd surprise yourself because I think like you said once you put your mind to something you kind of you, you, if you could do it if you wanted to, but I suppose it's, yeah. if you're not interested in it, then it's different. Yeah, just kind of like the the lure of that doesn't appeal to me as much as, I guess, like slogging through a, a hard fitness event. Just because yeah. obviously it's great to look lean and stuff, but, you know, what you have to give up and sacrifice and the kind of energy mm. level. Have you ever competed before? I haven't, no. But I'm more of the case, I'm kind of like, let's improve your overall health and well-being. And yeah. if you get leaner in the process, then happy days, but don't kind of make that your focus. And there are, you know, people with disabilities taking part in competitions, you know, hats off to them. Everyone's achieving great things, but I haven't really had that desire to actually go through the whole prep life and then go on stage and some yeah. and get... Get judged, get judged based on my abdominal symmetry like, there are p- ways you know people do it for different reasons and you know I'm, I'm not knocking their passion and their you know love for doing that like you know it's mm. all but there are lots of kind of negative things associated with you know the whole kind of industry from that standpoint and this kind of photo shoot was came off the back of me putting out a few weeks back that I wanted to just go through my own little kind of eight week trim up as it were it wasn't a transformation it was just hey guys I'm normal just like you let myself go a bit a little bit fluffy around the edges so here's what I'm going to do for the next eight weeks just to see what happens yeah the photographer reached out and he's actually quite well known in the fitness circuit so for me I was like appreciate that but yeah yeah like again it was just something to be great grateful for so once the NFG's done I'm gonna start you know doing meal prep even more than I am now yeah what it'll be nice just to get some photos taken and just take that off as a something yeah I think photo photo shit (laughs) photo shoot (laughs) photo shoot prep is a lot more uh like less strict than than you know like you typical prep for stage it's a a bit more of a nicer process because I have done a bit of a photo shoot prep before and even that can be tough um you know with with the food restrictions and different things like that and calorie deficit and all that. But, you know, it's, it's a challenge for you. And I think again, you'll do well with it and it's just seize every opportunity you get, isn't it? That's it. That's it. Just saying yes to a lot of things and 
just taking opportunities that come. I've got, yeah, I've got a few things just coming up this year and I'm sure there'll be a few more and mm. I'm just enjoying the ride. I'm just... Yeah, enjoy the process of it all. Is it? There's no end goal. It's just the process that I'm enjoying. So, mm. And I think it's great that you're doing the um, adaptions for disabilities for the fitness event as well. So I think that'll be really good. And obviously it's something that's close to your heart. Yeah, so... I got into the industry initially to kind of inspire and motivate other disabled people to live active lives but in where I've been placed and kind of just my general reach I've not had to do that it's been everyone but now I've I've got this kind of thing in the horizon it's now like okay let me now put my efforts into you know upskilling myself and I'm doing a, a course at the minute of with adaptive athletes and I can then hopefully put on a good event and for sure grows and grows and grows and you know we get to include disabled athletes or adaptive athletes with you know non-disabled athletes and everyone can you know work hard together and and leave it all on the floor regardless of ability or limitation so yeah that'll be so inspiring for them as well like because some you're going to get people from all different backgrounds and like you said with the with the basketball team when you've got that sort of community yeah. If everyone's sharing a similar struggle, it's such a nice fun to have. So I think it'll be great. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. We'll do the final four then. So oh, final four. <laughs> Everyone gets ready when I say this. Like, oh, okay, let's go. So it's just four questions. Um, you can answer with the long or short answer, whatever you feel fit to do. Okay. Yep. What's I'm the one? Now. now I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. It's fine. It's just conversation. What's the one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Hmm. I would say do something you enjoy, like follow a passion rather than I guess expectations from others okay yeah because you said did you go into he wasn't in fitness at the start was you was in a different nah, job wasn't fitness um went to uni and started like business sciences and IT and stuff and it wasn't what I wanted to do but it was just a lucrative industry at the time kind of made sense but in hindsight would have loved to have done sports science would have same yeah yeah you know what I mean and just now where I'm at now like you know you kind of look back and think well if only or what if but you can't live that way so no. if I yeah if I can talk to my younger self like just just do what you want to do yeah yeah and like you said you wouldn't be where you are today if you didn't do all them things beforehand yeah, that's it yeah for a reason favorite book or resource that has helped you Ooh. Hmm. Uh, favorite book or resource? Do you read many books or audio books? Could be audio as well. Yeah, I am now, and I've my attention span for reading has been very bad over the years, and it's only in the last year that I've been I've got on the audio book train now. So I've been you know listening to podcasts for so a much easier, isn't it? So much easier. Like just when you're in the car traveling to work, like my drive from home to work is like just you know, before I was listening to like one extra and radio stations and just the music playing, I'm like, I can't really get with this anymore. So I got on the podcast wave and I've, you know, learned so much. It's taken me on so many different directions, mm. found so many more inspiring people. But in terms of, you know, books, I'd say, oh, that's a hard one. It can be, it can be an audio book. If you've, if you've listened to an audio book recently, that sort of resonated with you. Um, at the minute, I'm listening to The Chimp Paradox. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I, again, started to read that in like 2014 on a recommendation, but my mind wasn't ready to start processing all that. I kind of read the first couple of chapters and didn't read it for one day. Then one day became two, then just never read the book again. And again, in, in like the whole personal development space, I keep hearing like Chimp Paradox, Chimp Paradox. And so I've started listening to that. That's good. Mm. I listened to Unleash the Power Within, Tony Robbins. Okay. That was last month's last month's book, audio book. So there's been a few. There's been a few. Um, but everything now is kind of personal development. 
in terms of fitness and stuff, you know, there's plenty of books that I've read, but one weird one, examine.com is a very good resource. Okay. For kind of supplementary advice and kind of getting unbiased opinions on certain supplements. So when, you know, client says, oh, I've heard about your himbine being a, a fat burner or, you know, green tea extracts, like I'll go and research it on this site, which is, you know, science-based and scientifically backed. And okay. I'll say, yeah, there's some, you know, truth to that. And then there's these disadvantages, this study, that study. So yeah, examine.com, one that's just popped to my head. That's interesting. Examine, examine.com. Examine.com. Okay. Most people who are kind of of the evidence-based community will refer to this this website for pretty much everything like they've got tons of articles on there and blogs and you know there's like detailed studies into whatever supplement or ingredient you're looking for so little okay plug. Mm-hmm. Little plug. yeah little plug nothing to do after, with me. after today you never know <laughs> they might, yeah they might come knocking like his lifetime membership yeah <laughs> How do you deal with any negative comments on social media or in person? Also a good question. Um, before I'd probably like take it to heart and like go into a little bit of a shell, but now it's a case of like that person. One, it, it might be constructive. You know, they might actually have a point, but a lot of the time kind of, when somebody's being negative or you know being harsh they're kind of doing it to make themselves feel better or they're they're doing it to I don't know for their own good kind of thing so you know they're going through whatever they're going through they've perceived whatever content I put out or whatever as you know so some negativity in it they're just doing what's best for them and I can't then make it affect my day so yeah it's almost just kind of like Neo from Matrix just like deflecting and just, just kind of letting go. <laughs> That's quite a good analogy, actually. <laughs> just, like, just like getting rid of just dodging all these things. And again, like I would have taken it so hard. So like no one really likes to be challenged, like deep down, but depending on the way you view it, the challenge could be for your own growth, or you can just kind of retreat into your shell. Chimp paradox again, kind of like that could you know your emotional side can react the ego it, as well isn't it exactly the ego you feel like you're being challenged you're you're under threat or you can okay there might be some what can i learn from the the negative comment or depending on how negative it is but i actually don't get that much that's good <laughs> on socials especially but um yeah like in day-to-day life again it's just like what can i learn from this situation mm. this situation um what does it mean? Like, what can I do going forward? So, so have you channeled your inner chimp after reading the chimp paradox? Then I'm, I'm, I'm not even through it yet. I'm still on. <laughs> okay, my... I won't say anything else. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I have to manage your chimp. Yeah, I've got like <laughs> eight and a half, eight, eight hours and thirty minutes. Left. Okay, you've got quite a bit to go then. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I get through it quicker listening than actually reading it. Yeah. See, I found um, I really struggle with reading as well, more with the audio book um, or podcast listener. But I've found that I've um, got into a daily habit now of reading 10 pages every day. Okay. okay. So um, sometimes I read more, sometimes I just read 10, but 10 pages every day. Daily habits, isn't it? That's good. And they just compound. It just becomes a... Yeah, yeah. What annoys me about audio books, or not annoys me, but when you've got to do an exercise or a practice that's then when I think of oh, reading the book's going to be better because yeah. you can like write in the book and stuff. So when I'm driving, I'm like, right, exercise one. <laughs> I'm like, I can't just do it. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the one thing I feel I miss. But, you know, it's taking in information and developing the mind, yeah. you know, I can't beat it. I rarely listen to, you know, popular music anymore just because it doesn't yeah. nourish me anymore. Yeah, it has its place, definitely. But, yeah, you know, for sure. For sure. Yeah. What would you personally say is your biggest achievement and why? We've spoke about a lot of them. <laughs> so what would you say is your is your um, biggest achievement and why? Um, I'd probably say Ninja Warrior just because it's the freshest one. And I guess really just putting myself 
way out of my comfort zone on a kind of national TV show and just kind of showing people that despite the odds and how hard things look, you just kind of give it your best shot. And it really did a lot in just me kind of appearing on the show and completing two or three obstacles. Like it, the kind of effect it had and the way people messaged me and said what it, it did for them and how it inspired them is, yeah, it was just monumental. And even just hearing, you know, the, the, the announcers and stuff like the support they were giving me from yeah. the sidelines, like Rochelle and Chris and all of them, they they're literally just going crazy. And it just kind of really made me proud of doing it. And mm. you uh, like you enjoyed it. You like you had a good time on there. I'm nervous, so nervous. Oh really? <laughs> Mouth was dry, everything's like shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch it back now and be like, ah oh, yeah, you shaking. Yeah, me. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally they show you the cut versions, but I'm literally there just like oh, looking man. like Dave Chappelle off that film. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. next time, at least you've got more of a preparation yeah, for, for yeah. the next time. You know what to expect when you go up on it now. Exactly. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'll say that's probably my biggest one to date. And I'm sure there's others, but just for the sake of time. <laughs> oh, no, we could probably go on for hours on this, but we, yeah. yeah. I've, got, I've got to do some cardio at quarter past three, so. Yeah, you're just trying to get out of it, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you on socials then? Um, Instagram is... I am Tyler Saunders. Facebook, I actually can't remember what my Facebook handle is. Just type, so just type Instagram is the main platform, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and I've I have been putting a lot more time into Facebook just because it's also there's a demographic there who need help and needs to see the content. But yeah, yeah Insta's been the kind of main place of energy. And my website is tylersaunders.co.uk. Okay. Great. It has been Amazing having you. Thank, Thank you for coming you. on. Thank Pleasure. you everyone for listening. And yeah, hopefully you get this skydive booked. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You'll be hearing from me very soon. <laughs> See you later. Thank you. <laughs>